Well, welcome back to the When I Heard This Podcast. My name is Nate Robinsoff, and I'm here with Pastor Joseph Tillman, M. Div, soon to be demon. How are you today, <laughs> sir? Man, I'm doing good. Just got back from a week from school. You're in school? I'm in school. Oh, yeah. Soon, yeah. To, soon to be demon. That's right. 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 Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I'm in demon school. Demon school. Yeah. I got to be really careful how you say that, though. <laughs> say it too fast. It's a little scary. Demon school. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. Cool. Yeah, man. Um, first off, go to Patreon, $5. Like, subscribe, comment, download, share. Uh, Facebook and Instagram is when I heard this podcast and X, previously known as Twitter. And locals is when I heard this today. We are talking about purity culture. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. So today's gonna be fun. It's gonna yes, something. Cool. Yeah, man. So, what is purity culture? All right. So, I'm gonna quote Joe Carter from an article in the Gospel Coalition, mm -hmm. and this is how he defines it. And then I'll give you my definition afterwards. Okay. okay? So Carter defines purity culture as the term often used for the evangelical movement that attempts to promote a biblical view of purity by discouraging dating and promoting virginity before marriage, often through the use of tools such as purity pledges, symbols such as purity rings, and events such as purity balls. Okay. So he said all that. Mm-hmm. But I, and I already know what you're thinking. All right. <laughs> but I'm going to define it this way. I had purity balls until I knew that was yeah, I knew this yeah. was coming. I, as soon as it came out, I was like, Ugh. all right. So these are my purity balls. <laughs> all right. My definition of purity culture. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm just ignoring you and going ahead is so I'm, I'm going to define purity culture as this. It's a. Sexist abstinence culture found sexist. It is sexist. Okay. Abstinence culture found in the conservative and evangelical church. Okay. And basically it was a culture or is a culture that's created by telling teenagers don't have sex. Sex is wrong. It is sinful. And that it's up to girls to ensure that their brothers in Christ do not stumble. So the girls better watch how they dress. The girls have to take the initiative to say no to having sex, even fighting the guys off. Because, of course, boys cannot control their sexual urges. And then this is all kind of um, reinforced with this idea of shame. Okay. So that's purity culture. Sounds about right. I mean, I mean, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right, but does it sound pretty that, accurate to what you experienced? Sounds about what I thought of purity culture. Okay, I know a lot of former church girls uh -huh. that are much more angry about purity culture than I am. Sure. Yeah. And, and they have every right to be. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they were targeted in this. Right. Yeah. Okay. So just to get the the um <laughs> the hate stream flowing <laughs> okay so promoting virginity before marriage uh-huh that is that is the bible sure, sure. okay yeah. so so the other part 
that you put here is discouraging dating. Yep. So half of purity culture is correct. So the the part of purity culture that was saying wait to, to the Bible. Wait to have sex until marriage. Right. Right. That's biblical. Okay. Now, the way they were going about it, the methods they were using to convey that message, I would say would not be very biblical. But the message itself is correct, if that makes sense. Okay. And then the other half, which you're talking about, the do not dating, that is, uh, you, you can't find that anywhere in the Bible. Because they had arranged marriages. Uh, yeah, for a lot of them they did. Okay. But, it, I mean, but yeah, you can't, but there's nothing, there's nothing in there that you can point to that goes, yep, that forbids dating. I feel like we're going to come back to a lot of things throughout we, the episode. We are. We are. I'm just trying to I know. give the definition yeah, yeah, yeah. up front, and I'm trying to not <laughs> give a lot of commentary, because right. I know we're going to get into some of these yeah, things. Yeah. Okay. So, how did purity culture get started? Okay. So, it really began in the 1990s. Okay. And, it, you know, in the church, in the conservative evangelical church, and it was a response to a few things that were going on. Okay. okay? So there was obviously uh, the, there was a, the rise in teenage pregnancies. Mm -hmm. There was the AIDS epidemic coming out of the 80s and into the 90s. Mm -hmm. And because young church girls were extremely affected by the AIDS pandemic. <laughs> Just okay. It was there, and it <laughs> made a lot of people nervous. All right, and then, and I don't know if you're if you remember this or not, but there was this, what I'll call the MTV culture mm -hmm. that really promoted this idea of kind of sexuality, especially like promiscuous sex, mm -hmm. the freedom in sexuality. Really, kind of brought it mainstream, if you were. Mm -hmm. And so, I think purity culture was like a reaction to those few things. Why is it always reactions? It just because that the church is just hyper reactive in right, its but nature. What, what wasn't wasn't the MTV culture a reaction to the church doing stuff previously? I mean, I think there I think there's always this back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, forthness of And no one can never just be of, in the middle <laughs> of, of in the church right. and out the church and there's this always I think there's always this back and forthness. Okay. Yeah. So that's that. Well, and let me comment on a couple of things. Okay. In regards of how it got started. So in the early 90s, you had things like the True Love Weight events. I don't know if you ever heard that. I've heard that before. Yeah, the True Love Weights. Um, and so it included like signing commitment cards. Like you were, so you would sign a card, you know, a purity pledge saying, I will not have sex before marriage. And mm -hmm. then you would, you know, and then you would have sex before marriage. <laughs> right. And then you'd have shame. Right. Anyway, but we'll right. get into that in a second. But so you had the like the true love waits events. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and actually they had a they did this one rally like in DC. And it was this I mean, I'm talking about like twenty five thousand students or something showed up for Just it. Twenty five thousand <laughs> horny virgins showed up in DC. <laughs> What could possibly go wrong? And so, but no, but and I mean, so they had a commitment cards over there, and like the symbol of symbolism of it is pretty cool, in 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 the sense of you had know, all these young people making these commitments. Okay, like I understand the intent of it, right? But the what they were teaching and the and the problem with how they were presenting it 
that's the, or, or the way they were, which they were presenting it, that's the problem for me. And so you had true love weights. And then I really think purity culture kind of became like into full bloom with Joshua Harris's book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. You've talked about this before. I yeah. Think. And at least to me. Right. And so his book was released, I believe it was in 98. Okay. Um, and he was, so when he wrote the book, he was 19 years old, had not been in a relationship, not had sex, obviously not married. And totally qualified, completely qualified. <laughs> God almighty. Um, and it promoted courting over dating. So don't date. What's the difference? Court. So they would say courting is being done under the kind of the umbrella security of parents. And so you would never be alone with an individual. It would always be done in the kind of family context. So if you were going to, you know, if I was going to invite a girl over or want to hang out with a girl, or whatever, it would be inviting her over to the house or going and watching a movie with the family, that kind of thing. Um, and so, so it was courting, you know, so, so court, don't date, no kissing, um, obviously no sex before marriage and, and kind of the part that really pushed the envelope was that Harris stated that if you had sex before marriage, you were actually like giving part of yourself away. Is is that not what the Bible believes? Well, the Bible. Well, the Bible. We we can talk about things like soul ties and that kind of stuff, but it's not like it's not like if I if I the way it came across when Harris it's presented not like it. He's got my toe. Well, well, yeah. I mean, like when Harris presented it, it was like okay, now now you're not whole anymore. Oh. Like you're not a whole person anymore. Like part of your soul or something has been taken. He stole it. Right. Right. And so that's, so now it's like, all right, so you'll say you've had sex before marriage. So now when you get married, it's like, well, sorry. I'm not a whole person. I'm not a whole person. Anymore. Yeah. Like part of me has been taken, you know, or given to somebody else. And so obviously that's problematic. Um, and well, maybe I used to think about this more than maybe I used to. Uh, maybe my my mindset was more than that than I used to think, or that I think uh, right now. Okay, I guess maybe I maybe I believed I like I believed that at some point. Okay, well you probably did. Yeah. I mean you were raised in a yeah. conservative evangelical church that probably had a strong purity culture built yeah. into it. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, you were probably taught that. Yeah. Um. And but how is that wrong then? Like, yeah. like what is that? Like, what is a soul tie versus a piece of yeah. me is missing? Sure. Well, I think a I think a soul tie. If you want to, if we're gonna get into this, like a soul tie for me is that yeah, there's a connection that I have with somebody else. Okay. okay? And that because there was an intimacy experienced with that individual, mm -hmm. right? And so there is a tie in that sense, but it's not like so. The, so there's this connection. But it's not like I can't be whole on right. the other okay. side of that. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that's kind of the message that came across. It was like, and not even just by Harris, but by other writers as well and teachers during that time. Right. It was like, no, you're like, you're, you're like, you're giving, you know, again, part of yourself away. Um, and, and so, and, <laughs> and then the book also promised and if you've kind of follow these rules, you court, you don't have sex before marriage, these kind of things, you're gonna have a great marriage. 
Because this guy knew that. You're, you're right. At 19. You're, right. You're going to have you're going to have great sex in that marriage. And this virgin knew that uh-huh. at 19. Right. And and that, you know what? God will even bless you with children. Oh. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about, you know, the whole cell. You know, you don't have to worry about not being going to have kids. Like, you're going to be okay. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So if you wait, God's going to fix. Going to reward you. Potential, uh, what is it called? Impotency? Yeah. Issues? Yeah. You're going right? to be, well. Or what gonna, is it called? Uh, barrenness? Yes. God yeah. will fix your barrenness if yeah. you wait. Yeah, or you'll be rewarded with kids. Okay. And so <laughs> that's... <laughs> And so, anyways, again, I could launch off on the tangents on all these things, but that's in that's in essence kind of where it started. And again, Harris's book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye, was launched it. And and I do want to be clear that later on, Harris denounced his own book. Oh, once he got married and had sex and, and realized and, he was an idiot? Correct. Yeah. Okay. And 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 really well, the sad part for Harris is actually now because he was on staff at a church for a really long time, he actually is no longer even following Christ. Did he even make it? I think he did. Like I, I can't be 100% sure. Okay. And But I do know that he's no longer even following Christ. That's because everything was riding on his virginity. Well, I think... And, and can you imagine the pressure, or not only the pressure, but like how you feel now as you're older, reflecting and looking back at the damage you caused mm-hmm. as a young man. Like, you know, and but you can't blame Harris. He was 19 years old when he wrote the book, 20 when it came out. You so blame, he started speaking when he was 20 and 21 years old. Blame the people that promoted him. Exactly. Blame the people that should have known better. Right. And yet we're allowing this He was kid. like Christian Greta. <laughs> yeah, they're allowing this kid to go and talk about these things when, honest to God, he really had no idea. No. I mean, no. He, <laughs> He was too young. He wasn't married, right? Or, <laughs> or even, or even just knowledgeable enough, right? And so, but anyway, we'll get into some of the consequences of it and some of the responses that happened during that time later. Unbelievable. So, yeah. Okay. So, what verses in the Bible back up purity culture? Okay. So, probably the main one that is used is First Thessalonians chapter four, verses three through eight. Okay. All right. I'm, let me read it. All right. Okay. For this is God's will, your sanctification, that you keep away from sexual immorality, that each one of you knows how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not with lustful passions like the Gentiles who don't know God. This means one must, excuse me, this means one must not transgress against and take advantage of a brother or sister in this manner, because the Lord is an avenger of all these offenses. As we also previously told and warned you, for God has not called us to impurity, but to live in holiness. Consequently, anyone who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who gives you his Holy Spirit. So if if you have sex outside of marriage, you just rejected God. That, yes, that is the way it's framed. Okay. Yeah, so... um, and the and the, but the crazy thing is, it's not even saying that if you have sex, you've rejected him. What it's actually what it's actually saying is if 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 you reject the idea of, of what it's being presenting pure. here, yeah, you or or you reject the idea, and and I even have and I even have issues with the whole language we're using with pure or not pure. But I, okay, let me get to that in a second too. But 
the what it's actually saying here is, all right, if you reject this idea that you need to keep away from sexual immorality, if you reject the idea that you know it's okay to, or if you reject the idea that you need to stay away from lustful passions, that's rejecting God. Okay, but and you so, do that with by doing by those doing things. it. But how many individuals growing up in in the church they would agree to these things, but they're in a, in a moment they end up having sex, and it's not that they wanted to reject God, right? Right. They ended up having sex, but now if I'm interpreting this as if I have rejected God, right. Which is how purity culture people are interpreting it. I think I'm not. I don't want to label them as saying that's how they're interpreting it. I'm just saying this is how it can be interpreted. Okay. And what the problem with that is, if I believe that by an act of sex I've rejected God, right? An act of premarital sex mm-hmm. that I've rejected God, then this this the idea is well, if I've rejected him, he's probably rejected me. Okay. Right. There's a lot of leaps there. Yeah granted, mm. or if nothing else, if I've rejected God, then I have shame. Right. Okay. And I don't think there's much of a leap there. Right. And so, but my problem with that is, but th- there's still the part of, all right, but what do I do when any of us sin? Right. There's still forgiveness. There's still redemption. There's still mercy and there's still grace. But a piece of you isn't gone with all those other sins. Apparently not. Mm-hmm. Unless and, you cut your own leg off or something. Right. And then obviously. Right. Then a PCU but, is gone. But I think that, but, but you understand how you can take this passage mm-hmm. and create a whole understanding of quote unquote purity culture. This is what we were talking about last week. What's that? About taking one verse. Oh, sure. And to the extreme. Right. And then well, now you have a cult. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, and so for example, when I read this, I'm not. I am not disagreeing with anything that's written here, right? That's kind of what I'm, That that's where my head is at. Okay. Like, with all of this, like, it mostly seems right according to the Bible, but it just got taken too far. Yeah, I think, I think it was, again, for me, it's the manner in which things were said, the methods which were implemented. Okay. And the shame right base part of this right that's going to be found anywhere where legalism is found okay and so this is i mean purity culture is like a because having sex before marriage was the ultimate sin when it came to legalism yeah and 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 how many times in youth group you know did you probably hear don't have sex i mean every day (laughs) (laughs) yeah but okay but in conversely how many times did your youth pastor say, let's actually talk about sexuality? That would be illegal. Yeah. Let's actually talk about sex and it being a good gift of God in the context of marriage. That's illegal? <laughs> right? That's, it's uh, seemingly because it wasn't... Te- it, that's where I'm kind of getting with all this. If, you're, all your, if all your message is don't have sex, don't date, don't kiss... You're right. If that's yeah. your if that's your message and you're just telling all the don'ts and you're not addressing the fact of like you mentioned earlier, like the reality is, yeah, I'm 15, 16 years old. So I've got sexual urges just flowing through my body. Yes. Right. Where's the conversation about that? 
I guess you're supposed to have it with your parents because. <laughs> but parents were so awkward too. They didn't want to have that conversation either. Right. Which is crazy because so many of the parents of that generation were part of the free oh. sex revolution that happened yeah. before that. Mom, weren't you on MTV? <laughs> You were an MTV yeah. spring break. <laughs> so, you know, the, but it, it just, that's part of the, but I think that's kind of what happened, right? You had these, you had, again, we, we talked about this. Mm -hmm. It's like the reaction to all these things, yeah. right? Like, okay, well, if there's all this, you know, the kind of free sex revolution, then mm -hmm. the response to that is legalism. Well, now the response to that is, all right, just don't have sex. Just, you know, almost like, let's just don't talk about it. Right. As if that's going to accomplish anything. But also, I think parents felt like it was a shameful or embarrassing topic. If you're telling your children not to have sex, then you can't tell them that you did the same thing. Right? Yeah. Or <laughs> like, I think it's hard when you're talking to your like, okay, so like. It's like, well, but you did. And they don't have an answer for that. Right. Parents don't have an answer for that. Yeah. And even if they, even if they didn't, I don't think parents feel they felt embarrassed or shamed mm. or awkward in talking to their kids and that's not a new thing i think that's been going on for a while just shove them in the purity culture cult <laughs> right basically it was yeah let the yeah the, we're going to teach you what not to do right teach you to stay away from these things but we're not going to have conversations right and i think that's what i mean by the method okay methods being off the manner in which it was presented being off right Okay. Like, no, you got to have open conversations. Like, you've got to talk about sexuality, sexual desires and urges, you know, and, and like, all of these things just needed to be discussed mm -hmm. instead of just going, don't have sex. I'm going to have questions about that when we do, like, an episode on that. Uh-huh. Like, like, when, <laughs> at what point does sex actually occur Okay. during sex? <laughs> Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, is it, are we talking about intercourse, not intercourse? Right. Not right. like, like how far or, in <laughs> right till it counts. Okay. I yeah. mean, those are real questions. They're real questions. Those are real questions that purity culture children <laughs> had. Absolutely. Because you told us never to do this thing and then didn't right. define what it was. Right. And then so the, so the constant question from the purity culture students, kids was, well, how far is too far? Right. That was always the question. And nobody ever answered it. And no, right. And and so, I, I mean, I remember it was so interesting to me because, you know, not growing up in the church and then getting saved and then coming into this culture. Because, I mean, Joshua Harris's book, Joshua Harris and I are the same age. Okay. So that's kind of weird too, right? Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> I'm 20 years old when this book comes out. How would you have... How would you have known not to have sex unless his book was out? That's crazy to <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I'll I'll get into my whole thoughts on all of that in a second. But it, it's it's unfortunate that that whole culture came forward and just, again, the damage that it ended up doing. It caused more sex than it prevented. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Stats, pregnancies, stats actually went stacks, stats, excuse me, of sexual activity among young people during that, during this window, if you were actually went down. And so now whether those stats are accurate or not, that can be left up for debate. 
but it actually went down. And so I, but I, I don't, but obviously it wasn't a long lasting effect. Right. You know, and now it's way up. And now it's way up again. And so I, I, and it's even, I mean, it's, and I say it's way it's up. I mean, beyond. it's, yeah. Purity culture was a good way to push everyone all the way the other direction. Because once you felt like you broke. Yes. The pledge, the promise. Right. It was like, oh, let's go try all the things now. Because if you felt like you everyone, if you feel like you rejected God, the church has rejected you. God's rejected you. God's rejected. you. Then I mean, I mean, what what do we what did we think was going to happen? Okay, so you think that this was bad. Correct. Okay. So elaborate more on that. Okay. You think purity culture was bad. I think purity culture and the way we're discussing it. The way that it was presented in the church with the true love mm. waits, the I kiss dating goodbye, with the, you know, no dating, with the just don't have sex, you know, with no conversation around it, just a lecture mm. almost. I think that is horrible. Okay. Yeah. And because I, I actually, and I mentioned this earlier, I actually understand the intent. The intent right. was how can we help our teenagers? With the temptations that they found in a growingly overly sexualized culture. Right. Okay. And so. But that's not how I would view it. I would view it. How can we control our teenagers brains in a sexualized culture? I don't even think it was control the brain. I think it was control the actions. Yeah. yeah but I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it, I, I agree with you. I think it's I think it was an attempt to control. And maybe you're maybe you're right in the sense that it was an attempt to control how they thought about sex. Right. But the problem is all they were all the the way they were told told to think about sex was sex is evil, sex is bad. Right. Which, for a lot of people, carried over into marriage. Absolutely, it did. It ruined a lot of marriages. Yes. Because it ruined the sex life within those marriages. Right. It did the exact opposite of what Harris and others in that time were talking about said it was going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my wife and I do a, um, we're always doing premarital counseling, um, for couples who are about to get married. Just kind of one of the things the Lord has just allowed us to be a part of and we enjoy it. And we have run into so many young women in particular who are, who are, have so many hangups and issues with the idea of sex because they were just told over and over and over again, don't have sex. To me, sometimes justify, like, not justifies, but but the reaction to that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Where feminism tells women go figure out what you like and do it, so that it's the complete opposite. Right, and it just it feels like reaction, 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 and no one can just be. <laughs> yeah, 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 and, and 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 again, so I I understand though that they were trying to, you know. Find a way to help teenagers navigate this culture they were finding themselves in. But the ideas they came up with and the teachings that were taught, to me, that's what was just horrible. Mm. And in it, and like we're talking about, it's it really ruined the lives of a lot of people. Um, it because when you're told it, it, everything it, sex became such a big deal. Right, because now you're thinking about it constantly. Yeah, and thinking about if while I, your body's telling you to think about it constantly. constantly, right? And you're being told you shouldn't have these thoughts. I mean, that was the way it was interpreted, right? 
I shouldn't have these thoughts. I shouldn't have these desires. I shouldn't have these physical urges. When, was, all, when all of it was normal and no one stood up and said, what you're feeling in your body is normal. Right. And now let's talk about what do we do with it and still hold on to a traditional biblical Christian sexual ethic. Was masturbation part of purity culture? Yeah, I, the, yeah. it was. Well, the masturbation was don't was, masturbate. I, right. I remember being told not to do that. And I yep. was like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> right. I don't know what else to do. Yeah. And you don't want me to do this and you don't want me to do that. So you've left me with zero options. And and you're not wrong. Okay. I mean, in the sense of that is the way that it came across. It's like, all right. And especially like as especially as like pornography became more more easily accessible. Mm. Right. Through the social media age. So now you're being told, OK, don't have sex. OK. Don't watch pornography. OK. Right. Don't masturbate. Right. OK. What do I do? Right. And what, but the, the answer that they would give sometimes mm -hmm. was masturbate, but don't lust while you're doing it, which is right. impossible. <laughs> yeah. The and, and I, I don't know if it's necessarily fully impossible. But they're not wrong in the sense of the act of masturbation itself. And Lord knows I'm going to get responses on this one. But the act of <laughs> masturbation itself is not sin. Okay. The physical act. Right. Is not sin. But when lust is attached to it, lust of someone that you're not married to. Right. That's, that, that, it, yes, it becomes sin at that point. Well, then what do you do? You can't. Yeah, you can't do anything. Yeah, I mean, I so mean, what if I just what? <laughs> what if I just thought about one tit? Because okay. okay. that's all it takes sometimes, right? Is that a sin? Right. Did I lust after a person, or did I just make up a tit in my mind, and now that's I gotcha. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I was, I would still say that's lust. Okay. okay. All right, but <laughs> I think, and I think especially in your teenage years, in your early, and in your twenties, when it's really easy, when yeah, when there's a when there is because the reality is at that point there is such a strong, um, uh, physiological thing going on in in the right. in, in 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 particular males' bodies of actually needing a release mm. that it doesn't take like anything, right? <laughs> right. And so, and but that's also why there's, you know, kids have wet dreams and those kind of stuff. It's right. Like, they even said, don't have those. Either. <laughs> They're like, you thought about it while you were sleeping. Right. Therefore, it's impure. Sure. Like, what well, are you talking no, about? No, no, that's insane. See, because, that's where that's it's like all of this stuff. And that's all you hear at church. Right. And it's like, OK, well, screw all of this. Yeah. This is all terrible. What am I? I can't. I, right. I can't do anything. There's nothing left for me to do. Right. And they're teenagers, so they're not smart enough to think about how else to fix it. <laughs> right. And it's just like, well, I I had to. <laughs> what do you yeah. want me to do? Yeah. No, and I think that that's and, and the problem is, you know, because even you telling me right now, that's still lust when you're masturbating, like that seems like too much. Like how are our parents supposed to to actually tell their kids that? Like you, yeah. You, like yes. But what? What do you? Okay. So what would what would you? 
what would you tell them to do? Like, wh- what what would what should parents tell their male children? Okay, I'm a male talking uh-huh. about this. Sure. What should parents tell their male children to do if they're not allowed to lust after what you just said was a body part? Uh-huh. They're not allowed to lust after that while they're masturbating. What do they do then? Yeah. How do you fit? What do you do? Well, and, and this is, I mean, to me, this is the complicated part, right? And the complicated part is, okay, well, two things. Well, maybe if I don't know. Because I know parents don't want to have this right. conversation. Okay. So in. I barely even want to have this conversation. <laughs> right. But it's a real thing that sure. happens. And this is what pushes sure. kids all the way the other direction because you don't give them any options. Right. So, I, okay. I think one, first of all, in, when we talk to our kids, we have to we have to let them, we have to validate the fact that they're having sexual desires and sexual urges. Okay. I think when we, when we go immediately to, hey, I know as a, you know, whatever age you are talking to your child, they're 12 or 13, whatever it may be, you're talking to your child and you're saying, hey, I know you've got these sexual urges. I know there's these hormones that are rushing through your body, but just don't pay attention to those. Just ignore them and suppress them. Right. Okay. I think that is starting the conversation off on the wrong foot. Mm-hmm. What I would say instead is, all right, you ha- you're having sexual desires. You're having sexual urges. God wired you this way. All right? Right. So I'm validating the fact that what they're experiencing in their body is not wrong or evil. Okay. And I think both, this is for, I mean, this is for boys and girls, right? I mean, I know it's easier for us to talk about it from the boy perspective because we're men, but Mm -hmm. the reality is, and this is one of the things that made purity cultural so horrible too, it almost presented it like, Okay, we know guys have sexual urges, but girls, you don't. Right, which is wrong. Which is absolutely wrong. I mean, just (laughs) biologically, physiologically, psychologically, just wrong. And I feel like parents had a harder time talking to girls about this stuff and what they were actually supposed to do than boys. And and basically for the girls, it was like, all right, you've got to make sure you dress appropriately. Mm Mm-hmm. Like we're not gonna we're not even gonna acknowledge your sexual desires. Right. We're just gonna tell you you've got to make sure sex doesn't happen. It's on you mm-hmm. to make sure sex doesn't happen or that lustful thoughts don't happen. Mm-hmm. So you've got to make sure you dress modestly. Because every boy at church isn't listening to any of this and they're all sexual <laughs> deviants. And- right. And, you know, right. their parents are terrible and all that. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, so so you've got to make sure you dress appropriately. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're flirt. You know, when you if you flirt, don't it doesn't need to be any kind of sexual flirting or mm-hmm. hinting or, you know, OK, let's just don't flirt at all. Right. And then it's like, all right. And if you're if you happen to be dating someone, which you shouldn't be because you should only be courting. But if you happen to be dating somebody. <laughs> Then make sure that, okay, if y'all start kissing and he starts getting a little, uh, then. But never it's, kiss. Yeah, but you shouldn't kiss either. But right. if you do, make sure you're, you have, you're the one, you're in charge, you're responsible to push the boy off, to push mm-hmm. him away, to say no, mm-hmm. to ensure y'all don't have sex. Right. What a horrible, I mean, setup for these girls. You know? I mean, I mean, and I, I think about it even like more so for them because they were told to wear these, you know, 
a purity, you know, get purity rings. You know, they go to these conferences and they receive purity rings. And then I'm thinking to myself, all right, if they got purity rings and they have sex, do they walk around in shame, not saying anything while still wearing that purity ring? Because they don't want anybody to know. Yeah. So then they're just full of shame. Right. Or do they take the purity ring off? Now everyone knows. Now they're probably going to be ostracized. Put it down one finger. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it just, I absolutely hate it for the girls because it, it just, it set them up for just, I mean, to me, it just set them up for shame. Right. You know, and and again, here's the thing. I I think, well, I, I think boys felt it too, but oh, absolutely. it rolls off more, I think. It, it does. Yeah. It does. And and almost because there's like this little, even in the midst of all this, there's this little kind of thing of like, well, but boys are going to be boys. Boys are going to do it. Yeah. You know, but girls, mm-hmm. y'all don't have to. Right. Girls, y'all keep those boys in control. Right? And I think that's so un- unbelievably unfair. Um, and, my, and my wife was actually telling me that she was um part of a uh a purity retreat where they actually like role played how the girls were supposed to keep the boys away you know you know like what with other girls or with boys it was all girls there oh and they were like role playing all right so when the you know like this is how you're supposed to basically like keep the boys away right and like like as and again hey can i Put my penis in your vagina? Well, I, no. <laughs> Definitely was not that explicit. Jesus said no. Oh, right. And so. Stop. No. <laughs> but I think, Ugh. yeah. I, I And so, but all of these, you know, there's there was all these purity retreats, purity. I mean, it was crazy. And again, I am completely for holding to, yes, we need to have a traditional biblical Christian sexual ethic. But going back to your question of what do you, what does a parent tell a kid? That's what I was about to get, get back to. to. Okay. Yes. So we've, you didn't answer my question. question. Yeah. See, <laughs> no. So here's what I would say. <laughs> we have, aff- we affirm their desire. We affirm that there's urges. And okay. what I mean by that is it's not, you're not bad. You're not evil. God created you for this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's our understanding of sex as a good gift from God. Okay. Here's why it needs to be held in the bounds of marriage. Okay. okay. Now, listen, my guess is you, if you're not already masturbating, you're, you, you've thought about it or you're considering, or maybe you don't even know what that word means. Mm. Right. Um, but you know that you've already had a wet dream or whatever. Mm. Right. And so I hate that term so much. Yeah. It's such a, uh, yeah, it's the stupidest. It's a well, thing that only Christians talk about, right? Because everyone else just masturbates and doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. So, and so, but to, to but just, to say, ugh. but to say, listen, here's here's our understanding of masturbation: mm-hmm. that masturbation is not a sin. Okay. And I know you've got problems with this because you're saying, <laughs> but how do you do it without lusting? Right. And I think that's the issue. Right. I, I, I mean, okay. So solve the issue. Uh, first, I mean, the reality is you can, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I'm yeah. like, listen, it's, it's going to be hard as hell. Okay. 
but I'm asking. I you. mean, that's what that's how it works. <laughs> it gets it gets 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 pretty hard. <laughs> oh, I knew it as soon as I said it. I knew I'd walk right into it. Okay. Oh Lord, help us all. Okay. All right, answer the question. Yeah. And so, I mean, for me, I'd be telling, you know, our kids, but but we don't want you to entertain lust because we don't want you to objectify the opposite sex. Okay, well, just to be honest, that sounds awful. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's that, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. It's it's awful in particular in our day and age when marriage is put off for so long. And that's my point. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think... Are we going to get there? Okay. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So, you're you're, you're actually going to... Uh, this is... Purity culture looks these kids in the face and says, Hey, uh, the average marriage age for males is 30. Mm -hmm. And the average... I Googled these yesterday or the day before. Right. And the average, uh, like, uh, marriage age for women is 28. Uh-huh. It's above 30. It's above 30. Right. For men. And and parents are supposed to look at their twelve year old, thirteen year old boys mm -hmm. and say, "Never do this." Like this isn't even purity culture, really. This is just like the Bible says: don't have sex right. till you get married. You're supposed to go through your entire sexual peak mm -hmm. and then come down the other side, get married at thirty, and then you can have sex. Then mm -hmm. and during that entire seventeen years you have to masturbate without thinking about a girl mm -hmm. in your brain, mm -hmm. which is I, it's completely impossible. I yeah. don't know who's doing this. Right. And and so I, I don't know how parents are doing that with a straight face. Yeah. I don't, I honest, like, yeah, just physiologically, not even culture, nothing. Right. Like, like if we were in the modesty, whatever, 200 years ago when right. women wore corsets everywhere sure. if you saw a slip of an ankle you'd be thinking about that <laughs> the whole time yeah and that's how it would work it right. doesn't even have anything to do with i mean much with the right. culture it's just uh, this is what my body wants me to do right so that doesn't make sense to me and I, like honestly i'm like if i if i am getting married at 30 and she has been with uh if she's 28 that means that means i'll give her one a year okay one a year you know right one <laughs> one have sex a year and one kid and that's the new virgin gotcha <laughs> like yeah like what are you what are people supposed to do right it, like this well, is the this is where purity culture reacts to this i guess but but i don't know how anyone does it i know one person that might make it mm -hmm. and until you i don't know if you want me to bring that up yeah you can go but ahead. until you told me that you and your wife made it yesterday when we were uh -huh. going over notes right uh that's the only two you were you were the only two people that i <laughs> actually know have made it okay yeah and the other person is still up for debate because they're not married yet. <laughs> <laughs> Jury's still out. <laughs> okay. But but that's the like I don't know I don't know how people are doing it. Yeah. And they're like 
I don't know how I don't know how I could look my I don't I don't have any of my own children, but mm-hmm. I don't know how I could look in my own child's face and tell them all this stuff and not just burst out laughing. Okay. Like <laughs> yeah. Like what are we what are you supposed to do? Yeah. Uh, okay, a couple of things. One this is this is my side note before I get to the more important one, I think. Okay. The side note is I I would be I, the the age of Christians getting married is actually lower. Okay. Okay. And I do think there's a reason for that. Okay. Because people and, are are and, and but this is the problem that presents is because if marriage just becomes the outlet for sex, right? Right. And that's obviously not what you want marriage to be about. That's what marriage can't be built on. And so, but I do think that as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 7, when you have those burning desires and, and, you know, better to go ahead and get married. And so I am not, and so I guess I am more of the, of the mindset of get married younger. Okay. Okay. So that's just, but that's a side thing. Okay. Because, you know, so let's say we're putting it off till our early 20s, all right? Mm -hmm. Now, that's still much better than waiting till 30. I mean, but I think the point in in a lot of this is we underestimate the ability of the Holy Spirit to help us with this. And again, that might sound... (laughs) To help us do what? (laughs) To help us not have to step in to sex, masturbation with lust, those kind of things, okay? Like self-control really is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I know we don't want to talk about that one, but it is. And and I know this may sound like a flippant answer. But doesn't that lead you to purity culture? If you're saying self-control, self-control. Like- I think it leads to purity culture only when there's not a full open dialogue. See, the problem with purity culture is... The fact that, one, it was setting up completely, I won't say unrealistic, but setting up such high standards with such a focus on don't have sex that the message of, there was no message of, you know what, again, this is the conversation, I guess what I'm talking about, the conversation is just never fully had in purity culture. Okay, well, this this is what I think then. Okay. I think I think that purity culture is not much farther uh-huh. than what regular Christianity says about this mm-hmm. compared to reality. Okay. That, that's what I think. Like okay. I, and I don't I, and I agree with you that purity culture the problem again the problem in purity culture is the is the is the shame is the mm-hmm. the call of no dating, all of that. But okay? I, my, I think the, the no dating part is the only thing that makes purity culture different. Because mm-hmm. I think if I tried to go by what the Bible says uh-huh. and everything that you're trying to differentiate the things between, I could yeah. still feel shame for having sex before I got married. Even yeah. if there was no concept of purity culture, and yeah. I could still think God didn't want me, and those are the things that I think have to be talked about out loud. Okay, 
You see what I'm saying? Right. Like these are the conversations that are not being had in purity culture. Purity culture is just don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Right. Okay. And, and what I'm saying is, no, you got to have a like. Okay. In 2013, I think it was, I did a a conference with our young people, mm. and it was entitled "Honest Talk About God." dating and sex or god sex and dating something like that mm. and i think that in the whole conversation of purity culture so much of it was do this to you know like do this to protect yourself do this to protect the other do this to do the right thing and i and i think there there has to be the beginning point of the conversation of god Here's God's creation of you. Here's God's creation of sex. Here's God's creation of, sh- creation of sexuality within each one of us. And let's talk about what all of that looks like. Now, let's talk about the fact that sex is good and holy in the context of marriage. That it was given to husband and wives to enjoy and to, to have pleasure in. And that's part of the marriage relationship. Mm. Let's talk about what it looks like to actually honor our brothers and sisters in Christ without putting the onus all on the girls, because I think that's completely unfair. And let's talk about the fact that they too have sexual desires. They too have sexual temptation. They too masturbate. They too want to have sex. Let's put all of that on the table Mm -hmm. and let's have conversations. And it's, it's like anything else. You don't want to, I don't want to just tell people it's like, if you were trying to tell a, a a drug addict or an alcoholic, just stop it. Right. Never going to work. No. Nope. And, and so that's my issue with it, with the purity culture. It's they're, they're taking something and say, just don't do this. That's not the way we're wired. That's not, that's not honoring the way that we actually <laughs> think and that we, and yes, and I understand everything you're saying is like, hey, I get it, but this sounds like a miserable existence. It does. And what I'm saying is I really think, I really think that, yes, because listen, I'm not saying I didn't cross lines and I'm not saying I didn't masturbate, okay? So mm-hmm. I'm, let's put that on the table. And so all I'm saying is, is that I do think there's a way to go, but I don't want masturbation to control my life. I don't want masturbation to be an addiction. I don't want masturbation to be this endless cycle of dopamine rises and dopamine crashes that all I can hope for then is to then get the next dopamine rush, right? And because that's biologically what's going on in our bodies when we masturbate. And so, and and the crashes are not just crashing back down to baseline of dopamine mm. levels, right? It's going below that. And so... So, which leads to all kind of emotional and mental and mm-hmm. spiritual and physical, you know, uh, it's not healthy for any of those dimensions of our, of our being. And so even from just a physiological standpoint, we would tell people, hey, a cycle of masturbation is not healthy. Where my brain is, is thinking about this mm-hmm. is that purity culture and regular Christianity both say don't have sex before marriage. Mm-hmm. Correct. It's, it's it's presented differently and more shamefully mm-hmm. with purity culture versus mm-hmm. regular read the Bible. Let's talk about this, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you're trying to 
make a huge differential between these two things mm -hmm. when I'm looking at both of them over here and reality is that I didn't get married till I was 30. <laughs> right. Right? Right. Re that was reality for me. So when sure. I saw that stat, I was like, oh, I was right on time, apparently. <laughs> but right. when reality was, I didn't get married till 30. Sure. So that whole time I was supposed to do nothing. And it's not like I didn't grow up. Like I grew up in half purity culture, half okay. real whatever. Right. And so it's not like it wasn't in my mind. Sure. But like, that's a long freaking time Agreed. to not sin yeah. and think that I'm going to hell and God's rejecting me. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just too long a period of time. And it's it seems unrealistic to ask people to do that. Yeah. Or to consider that. Like, right. I know in the Bible, they used to get married at 13, mm -hmm. which when I was 13... It was like, <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're going to, you're actually going to tell me at church that people used to get married at 13. Yeah. And I'm sitting here, the horniest I've ever been. Right. And I'm supposed, I like, I got to go home and sit in my room by myself and just deal with this thing. <laughs> like, like, all, right. you know, with nobody talking about it. But yeah. it just doesn't make, like, the, the distance between the two. The distance between reality and what the Bible says about this is just such a long bridge. Okay, so let me let me put, let me give two specific things. Okay? okay, I'm asking you: is it is the act is is if I was to say, hey, biblical you know sexual ethic, we're not going to have sex until marriage. Mm -hmm. Does that itself seem like too long of a bridge? Yeah. Okay, and like, I would like. And, and I, I, I would say it, it doesn't have to be. It's for, it, it's like, <laughs> yeah, that, that means, especially girls who can go find a, a dude to sleep with mm -hmm. whenever they want, essentially. Mm -hmm. Like if they, if they, it doesn't take much hustle to sure. <laughs> get somebody to do it with. Like at 20, they're getting married at 28. Mm -hmm. That means for that whole time, they just, they, they didn't one day just go screw it i'm tired of waiting and right. went and found someone to sleep with right. like to me if they made it to 28 without doing that yeah that is like statue of liberty <laughs> that is the you know build sure. monuments out of that woman <laughs> i guess you know in the church yeah. put her <laughs> I, like to me that is the, the completely impossible no, like it's at not, no, though. at no point did she just go. I, I'm tired. I'm tired of waiting. <laughs> like yeah. for dudes and for dudes. I, I know. I know individuals, several individuals, older than that, women who are still virgins. Well, are they 800 pounds? No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're no. Uh, I, and and so I guess what I'm saying is, I think you're saying it's impossible, and I don't think it is. I I mean. I'm I'm thinking it's impossible as in how did it even not happen accidentally? Right. Like you walked right. around the corner. <laughs> like but like no. that's how impossible well, it seems to me. I understand. But I, I do think though that what you're I guess it this is always a thing for me with Christian ethics, whether it's sexual ethics or other ethics. Okay. There's so many of the ethics and people go no way. 
That's impossible. That I can't do that. And I'm just sitting there going, then you're completely discounting the reality of the power of God in your own life. That's what it feels like to me. It's saying, okay, God, you've, you've asked me to do this, but I have no confidence that you will give me the grace and the power to, to see this through. That's what it feels like when you like, and so, and and I'm not trying to be over spiritualized with it, right? Okay. I'm just trying to say, listen, this doesn't, in in my mind, we're discounting the ability for God to hold us. Am I saying, I'm very clear in this, Uh am I saying that I'll never lust in that whole time? No. Am I saying that I'll never masturbate that whole time? No, I'm not saying that either. Okay, but what I am saying is I do think that there is an ability for God to hold us, hold us in that. And and so and and if an individual does have sex, it doesn't kind of come back to a point you said earlier. It doesn't mean we're going to hell and God rejects me. Right. Like there is forgiveness. There is redemption. There is mercy. There is grace. And so but do I think that individuals can hold on and not have sex until they get married. Yeah, I fully believe that. Wholeheartedly believe that. I I hear what you're saying, but I it it like I get that. Uh-huh. It's just a long time to be to it's a long time to feel held by the Holy Spirit. I it's a long yeah. time to keep up like right. Like I'm a good Christian, time, yeah, it, and it's a it's just a long time to do that. That's why I, I have doubts about it. Yeah, and I don't and I don't disagree with you. I think yeah, one of the things you know, like when Paul's talking about this, for example, mm. you know, the, the, and we we realize the fact that when he's writing this, you know, he's older than thirty and and he's not married, mm. so he's writing this. So he's not qualified to talk about it either. <laughs> Well, he's definitely qualified to talk about it because he's the one that's, I mean, he's the one who's holding out if you were, you know, he's the mm. one that's not doing those mm. things. And so, but he's also the one that says, Hey, but if you're, if you're burning with lust, better to go ahead and marry the person. Right. I mean, he's very upfront with that mm. in first Corinthians seven. And so I think that I do think that the Holy spirit, and I understand what you're saying. It seems like a long time. I mean, I got, yeah, it's just a long time to have that mindset and, feel comfortable in right. yourself. It's yeah, I mean, I was, time. right. I mean, I was almost 25 when I got married. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and my, and my wife turned 27 that year. And so, you know, yes, that's, that seemed like a long time to me. Right. But then I have friends in their thirties and their forties who are still virgins. And, and, <laughs> and, and I know that just seems like my, like my first reaction response to that is what's wrong with that. <laughs> like, I know. like I know. that's where my head goes. Right. Like, how did it not happen? Like, right. What, what, right. It's too long a time for for this not to occur. Right. It's, like, I, I don't I get know. it. I know, and and I'm not saying that that's the norm. Okay. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, do I think it's possible? Yes. And because I really do. And again, I know this sounds hyper spiritual of Joseph, and he's just a pastor. Of course, this is what he's going to say. I just really do believe. The Holy Spirit can hold us. And I'm not saying that it's easy, mm. right? I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying it's not difficult. Uh, and so 
I just, I think we have to, I think we just have to be honest with the fact that the Holy Spirit can do more than what we give him credit for sometimes. And that we are more than, I think this is kind of part of the problem with purity culture was that there was so much focus on the don't have sex. Mm. And I think, and that's what I'm saying in that conversation, that conference I did with these young people, and we spent all weekend having an honest conversation about God, sex, and dating. There's got to be a picture of God in here somewhere, of of who he is, mm-hmm. and of what he actually, you know, that that in in finding ourselves in knowing him and in following him, that there is an ability for him to to hold us in all these things. Mm-hmm. And and so I just think that again I think we're underestimating what God can do. Although I fully understand your point of view and so many others' points of view that just goes can't do it, don't know how. Yeah. Right. And I think it does get back to not only knowing God, but I do think it gets back to being in a healthy community of believers. I do think that that part of it is a big component to all of this. Okay, I think. I think I'm done asking questions for this time. I have more questions, though. Uh, I mean, I assume so. Yeah. We're going to have to attempt to get inside the mind of a woman more. Oh, Lord. For the next one. Okay. Well, this has been the When I Heard This Podcast. Uh, you can find the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at When I Heard This Podcast. And X, previously known as Twitter. And locals at When I Heard This like, subscribe, follow, share, download, comment. Um, go to Patreon, five dollars. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Nate Robinson, and you can follow Joseph on Instagram at Rev Joe T. This has been the Winner of This Podcast, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.